Welcome to The Law Factor, brought to you by P2W Radio. Football is back, and I'm stoked. I'm so stoked. Uh, The game last night was a stinker, um, but I'm excited for Football Sunday Um, And I'm not just excited for Football Sunday. I'm also excited for the lineup I'm giving you on this podcast. Next segment is going to feature Matthew Paris from the Washington Times, beat reporter, and then none none other than the Taco Tuesday enthusiast himself, Joey DeRosa, is going to come on. He's a writer for Play to Win, um, P2WRadio.com. Check out his work. Uh, He's doing Taco Tuesday stuff for us right now. It's actually called Tipsy Taco Tuesday because he's not just eating tacos. He's crushing margaritas as well. And, uh, you know, he's also going to cover some fantasy football stuff for us as well. So we're going to talk to him about that a little bit here. And also, he's a Packers fan, so got to talk about the Thursday night uh, kickoff game. But Sunday's coming. And Eagles, we're driving up 95 North, ready to smack you. Just know that. We're ready to, we're bringing the heat. We're bringing the D-line. Your offensive line over there posing naked for magazines? No. Our defensive line is eating. We've been working. They started working out. They, uh, they called Sweat the day, the day after he was drafted. Said, come work out with us. This is a hungry group. And I think Landon Collins will clean it all up. He's a leader out there. No, you know, we have guys now who are calling the defense. Before it was like, who's doing it? Mason Foster, Zach Brown, what's going on? No, we got leaders now, and our defense is going to be nasty. Do I have confidence in Case Keenum? Absolutely not. So I'm going to give you the, layer, the, the, the law factor forecast of how the Redskins are going to win this game. I think this game is won and lost on the goal line. I think there will be a lot of plays. Eagles will make a ton of them in the open field. But the Redskins will clamp down as you get closer to the end zone. So I think this game is one. Is Jordan, who is Jordan Howard? You know, we don't know. Is he a guy that can carry the load? Miles Sanders, a rookie. Who is he? Uh, I think the, the way the Redskins win is they shadow D-Jacks pretty much all game. We'll see what he can do. He's got a broken finger. Already bobbled some, bo- some balls in his past. He's got a broken finger. He's obviously going to outrun our entire team. But we should know him. We should know him by now. Played against him. Played with him. So I think you shadow him, you shadow him with Monte Collins. You, he, you know he's he's got he's on Ertz duty. You know they got two good tight ends in Cor, in Corbert and 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 Ertz. And I think you just gotta you gotta go man uh, with everybody else. Aguilar, you're getting manned up. Ashlon, you're getting manned up. Djax, we're shading you. Get throwing you double coverage all game. And you make an Ashlon or an Aguilar beat you. I think that's just how you win the game. You win the game by running the ball on offense. You know, it's really confusing to me why Adrian Peterson would be inactive. What happens if Geis gets hurt? What happens? Smallwood's your starting running back? That's crazy. You know, so I don't know what we're going to do or why. I mean, Chris Thompson, I guess, can carry the load. The guy has not stayed healthy in two years, longer. But let's just say as he's been super productive, 
Uh, he hasn't been able to stay healthy recently. Is he going to carry the load if Geis gets hurt coming off of an ACL injury? Geis is your workhorse. You know, I know that has us all salivating at the mouth. Oh, Geis, you know, and I can't wait to see him either. But wh- what happens if he has, you know, a little flare up in his knee? And I know he's medically cleared and whatnot, but you never know. I don't see a reason why you would sit AP. I thought we'd, you know, we'd use both ground and pound. But I guess maybe it confirms the reports by 106.7 that they wanted to keep Doxon, that Jay wanted to keep Doxon and get rid of AP. Maybe he didn't see a room for him. Maybe a, maybe Jay's been working on an offense that is more about getting the ball out quick to, uh, you know, short yardage backs and stuff like that. Less handoffs, more kind of getting players in, sp- in space to make plays. Uh, we don't know. We're going to find out on Sunday, and that's why I'm so excited. You know, Jay is very vanilla in the, in the preseason. Guys don't really play. You can tell he's doing a lot of just typical handoffs. He's not doing anything too flashy. We don't know what Jay's going to bring this year. Uh, I talked to Matthew a little bit later. A writer for the Washington Times, you can follow him on Twitter at Matthew underscore Paris, P-A-R-A-S. You know, I talked to him a little bit just about what to expect from the offense. So make sure you stay tuned for that. But, you know, he, sa- he said that it's going to feature Jordan Reed and he, and he thinks Geis is going to get a heavy load. And so, th- you know, I have, to, I have to be excited about that. I just don't understand why you wouldn't want to complement that with AP. Um, wide receivers, I think that's a total crapshoot. Like I'm rolling the dice. I'm sitting there. I got money on the pass line. I'm doubling up. And I'm, I'm rolling the dice. I don't know what I got. I don't know what I'm going to get out of that yet. You know, you got wide receivers have, don't, that, that haven't played a minute, that they have, they, they have no experience at all. So I think Harmon is, is, is going to be, has to be the odd man out because I don't know what, what kind of factor he is on special teams. I think Sims is a potential returner. And then you got Robert Davis jumping on loose balls all preseason long. So, you know, you got to assume that some guys are going to, you know, they're going to suit up just because they contribute on special teams. But who is going to be the playmaker? I have no idea what, what Terry's going to bring us. I have no idea. You know, we have no expectations. Everyone has been talking about him a lot. Beat reporters, et cetera, have been talking about him this offseason. But we've seen him play like three snaps. He did draw a very crucial pass interference in the end zone that looked very savvy, the play that he made to kind of come back to the ball and force the, force the penalty. But other than that, I mean, you know, I've, I've read all about his leadership. Apparently at, at Ohio State, he was a leader. Uh, his stats were kind of hindered because there was like three NFL wide receivers on that team. But also Haskins threw 50 touchdowns in, in record-breaking yards. So people, everybody ate. So, you know, I, I am very nervous about what our wide receivers can do. There's also a little bit of excitement there, though, as well. It's like, you know, usually people aren't trotting out wide receivers that are all drafted late in rounds with no experience, and we're doing it. And for some odd reason, I think the unit is going to work. Do I think anyone's going to stand out and have crazy numbers by the end of the season? No, but I think they're they're kind of they're going to get the job done for what we need. And, and that's interesting to me. That's intriguing to me because I want to see young guys flourish. I want to see us get some some sleepers. You know, who doesn't want a couple sleepers? You know, we 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 drafted Geis high, we drafted Haskins high, Jordan Reed's been paid, so we have guys that we're investing in. Um, the wide receiver class doesn't seem to be one of them. Hopefully, we add some guy next year, and a couple emerge this season, and that's why I'm excited for Football Sunday. I wish I could drive. I wish I could hop on the highway, drive up north, and park my ass in Philly and go hard. Everyone's like, oh, you don't want to go to Philly. It's so No, I want to go. I wish I was there. I, I can't be there now. I'm a, I'm a father. I got a wife, things I got to do. But man, if I had nothing, no responsibilities, I would be in Philadelphia right now preparing for Eagles versus Redskins. 
Eagles versus Redskins. Game one. Tough five games. We got a tough, you know, besides the Giants, who we don't really know yet, that's a tough five games. You know, we got three division games in our first five games. Pair that with the Bears, who could be stinkers, and then the Patriots. We, we are going to see who we are. We are going to see who Case Keenum is. He's all cool, calm, and collected when he's up at the podium. But what is he on Sundays when it's time to take, take some snaps? He did tell our guy Matthew, uh, Matthew Paris, you know, he, he did tell him, you know, I've been in a, a lot of different teams, a lot of different situations. He doesn't get rattled. He doesn't. So he, he claims that he's ready. He claims that he is excited for the, the opportunity. And that's all you can ask for. I mean, the guy is... The guy's going to give us all he has. He's made that made that clear. But can he take care of the ball? Can he hold on to the ball when he gets sacked? Can he can he look off? You know, he's going to have to pretty much, you know, run the show, tell the wide receivers what to do. I mean, these guys are going to be un, not under the bright lights, but, you know, game one for these wide receivers, I'm assuming they're going to make some mistakes and, and Keenum's got to take care of the ball. You know, watch some clips of Alex Smith early on last year. Handoff, handoff, you know, take the sack, punt you know let Tressway pin him you know that's where we're at you we're gonna need to score I would say 20 points to win and and our defense has got to just kind of clamp down and really just shut down the Eagles offense that's really the only way that I see a victory happen we're not gonna beat we're not gonna beat them in some shootout that's very clear and it's gonna be a lot like last year whereas if I think we get down early that we may not be able to make up for that you know for that deficit so factors to win we man up. Corners are manning up. Collins is is kind of doing his best to control two solid tight ends. And you got the D-line out there straight eating. I, I think this D-line is going to feast. And it's going to put the Redskins D-line on the national stage. Yeah, everybody knows that we've drafted guys high. And we've had some guys hit. Um, but I think that we're going to be talked about come Monday morning on all platforms. So run the ball. Make good plays, simple plays to wide receivers, tight ends. Got like Vernon Davis and, and Jordan Reed. Got to get a lot of lot of yards up the middle, and, and I think we win a close game, twenty to seventeen ish. Guys, I got an awesome lineup for you. Stay tuned. Up next, Matthew Paris of the Washington Times. After him, got Joey DeRosa, our Tipsy Taco Tuesday enthusiast. The show is loaded. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned. I'm seeing double, but I like the rush, yeah. I like the pressure, you just can't keep up. They talking real big, acting size. I think I need my lawyer, like this lady need a sonya. Riding dirty and convertibles, smell like California. If you've been vibing with the music on this podcast, I gotta, I gotta give the guy a shout out. Hef is from Northern Virginia, killing it, rapping, doing shows all over the nation. Um, check him out, it's on Spotify. He's got a, a, a newish album self-titled hef um, but my favorite song is motion that's a song you hear on this podcast so search motion on spotify by hef and ride out all we got is started we can't waste all day and what is it you got up in that rolling tray let me find that peace of mind think it's about time to all i and now I'm joined by Matthew Paris of the Washington Times. Uh, recently, I saw an article that he wrote, How the Redskins are Bucking One NFL Trend in 2019. And I just knew I had to get him on the show. Uh, the guy is on the beat for the Redskins every day, following the team. Uh, Matthew, say what's up. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. 
No problem, bud. Uh, so let's talk about this article real quick. You know, it's something I'm, you know, I've been a Redskins fan my whole life. Uh, it's something that I'm curious, you know, Jay Gruden has called plays, then McVay called plays, then McVay went on to the Super Bowl, and now we kind of have another young stud. What kind of drove you to write this article, and, and what did you learn from it? Yeah, I mean, just kind of that question of why isn't O'Connell coming play, calling plays, and it really just kind of came down to, well, Jay Gruden likes to do it, and so he's got to keep doing it, but you know, there are some things that the offense, the last year especially, but over the last two years, it really hasn't been what you would kind of expect in a Jay Gruden-type offense. Maybe that was Sean McVay looking back, but it it hasn't been nearly as explosive. Of course, the playmakers around aren't the same, and the situation's not the same, but I just kind of wanted to look at how maybe they would get back on track and what they're trying to do. Would it still be a run-heavy offense? Would... You know, you see a little bit more modern kind of NFL schemes. And I kind of just asked questions about it and wrote the article. And and, what did you find out from it? Because, you know, for what he said recently about Geis, you know, I don't know if anyone necessarily expected to hear that Geis is going to be a workhorse. I think that makes fans excited. Uh, We want to see what the second round, you know, what the second rounder has. Um, But with AP, you know, big stories this week is that he may be inactive. You know, where do you kind of what, what do you see us doing? I, you know, we, new quarterback, uh, wide receivers with no real game experience. Uh, you know, where do you see us going with the offense, especially game one? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's going to be definitely a work in progress. I think Darius Geis is going to be the main back. That's what Jay Gruden was saying earlier this week. Uh, I do believe that Adrian Peterson probably will be ina- inactive if they only keep three running backs up. Wendell Smallwood was brought here specifically for special teams and none of the three running backs besides him contribute in that area so you know I think the unit is going to struggle this Philly defense is pretty good I don't necessarily think that they can move the ball effectively but you know maybe it'll come together but who knows I kind of need to see it first yeah I would agree Uh, I think that's pretty much everyone's opinion kind of a work in progress Uh, can't wait to see what we get Um, again We're listening to uh, Matthew Paris. You can follow him on Twitter at Matthew underscore Paris, writer for the Washington Times. Um, Yeah, Gruden seemed, you know, Gruden in press conferences, he kind of laughs a lot, tells a lot of jokes. He didn't really give you a serious answer. Basically what he said was, you know, during a course of a game, this is kind of how it works. Like Bill Callahan will contribute on the run calls, so he'll kind of have say over running plays especially. And then um, Kevin O'Connell will just say, hey, what do you think about this here? Like, what do you, why don't you try and call this? Like, Kevin O'Connell will come with his own, like, kind of set of plays and, like, will suggest them. But, you know, Jay's kind of always consulting. So, like, even when Sean McVay called the plays, he'd be, Jay would suggest plays to Sean. And it's kind of like a collaborative group. Um, You know, Jay's headset, he's talking kind of with everyone in the feed. He's not only talking to the quarterback. And do you, is this is this standard around the NFL that it's a it's it's a group teamwork effort to call a play? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't really know. The Redskins are kind of my first beat. Um, I haven't covered many other teams besides this one, but it's definitely you're definitely seeing. I think it is important for the head coach to be the primary play caller. Just the way that the league is going, you look around the NFL and uh, of the eight coaches hired this often or this off season, I think six are primary play callers. So. You know, everyone kind of wants to replicate the Sean McVay model, and the Redskins aren't necessarily doing that with Kevin O'Connell, their younger play 
the younger offensive coordinator, but they are doing it with Jay, who has experience calling plays and who's supposed to be a quarterback guru. I'm most comfortable with Jay calling the offense at this point. Um, you know, he's been here for a while now. Um, but you just said that, you know, this is your first uh, NFL team that you're covering. What were you doing before this? Yeah, I was um, in Chicago. I was in school. I went to DePaul University and I was covering a lot of basketball. Um, <laughs> the men's team there isn't very good, but the women's is. So covering a mix of men and women's basketball, I interned in Richmond, which is how I kind of got familiar with this area. Got to cover the Redskins there a bit. So, and then I moved out here and started covering hockey and now I'm on the Redskins. So, and, and where is here? Like, are you living out in like Ashburn? Are you closer to the city? Oh, I live in Alexandria. Okay. It's not bad. So you got a little bit of a drive out to Ashburn (laughs) through some traffic every day. Um, but back to the Redskins. Um, I I just, what, what is going to happen at, you know, at wide receiver Uh, reports are that Jay wanted to, or some people are saying that Jay wanted to, cut AP, keep Doxon, but he never really like, you know, he never really seemed sold on Doxon himself. We haven't really done, we haven't really kept a lot of the Scott McLuhan guys around. Um, so, you know, after cutting Doxon, we are pretty much starting a, a rookie, uh, a second year guy drafted last pick overall and Richardson who hasn't necessarily stayed healthy his career. Do you see a, a guy past those three stepping in and contributing or is it going to be heavy on those three? Well, at wide receiver, I mean, specifically, yeah, those three guys. Did you mention Trey Quinn? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, I expect him to kind of get a lot of work. He was really flashing in training camp. I think he looks pretty good, pretty steady. The question, obviously, is if he can stay healthy. But, um, you know, Jay likes to work the middle of the field. Jordan Reed will be still a big element of this offense if he can stay healthy. So, you know, definitely there. I think they like McLaurin and what he can bring and the speed element. Him and Richardson both have that speed factor that maybe was missing in the past and that maybe allows them to kind of open up the deep passing game and maybe whether they can do some stuff with play action which i kind of think they should run more you know but like a sims Jr. like a sims jr is he anything a lot of uh, a lot of fans are praising his speed santana moss was talking about what he could do with the ball in his hands yeah i i don't see it unless trey quinn gets hurt i mean Guys shining training camp. Maurice Harris looked great last year and then didn't really do anything in the regular season. Maybe Steven Sims has some opportunities on punt returns and that sort of thing. But, you know, right now I think the guys ahead of them are kind of firmly established, even if they're unproven. And we'll see if it mix and matches. But right now I would expect McLaurin, Quinn, and Richardson to be the main three. And and did you see anything out of Harmon um, watching tr- practice? Yeah, I liked him. I I think it's kind of a work in progress. The kid works really hard in training camp. He was working out every day with Josh Norman on the field. And even in practice, like, we don't get to watch practice, but you kind of notice the way the guys trickle in the locker room. And Harmon's one of the last guys every time. So he's definitely putting in the work. I don't know if he'll be active Sunday. Uh, Jay said that it'd be really unlikely for them to have six receivers active. So you're going to have to make someone inactive. And, Robert Davis can really contribute on special teams and obviously Steven Sims does too. So I think Harmon's kind of the, the logical guy and active. Yeah, Davis kind of gets me steamed up on special teams. I mean, we haven't really had, I don't know if you're familiar with the guy named James Thrash, kind of did it all for our special teams unit, but we haven't really had a guy like that. I know Deshaun DeShazer Everett uh, does some of that, but you know, I'm excited to see one of these wide receivers actually contribute on special teams. Um, but moving on, uh, I want to talk about Geis a little bit more. Um, 
I just don't know like what to expect. I saw one run last year, basically, maybe like well, a handful of runs last year, and he got hurt. This year, um, saw him in the third preseason game, looked like a monster, but I'm not necessarily sure I saw any breakaway speed from him. Where do you see? Uh, where do you see you know he, him stacking up after the injury, um, and just kind of what you've seen so far watching him? Yeah, I think he looks really good. Obviously, in practice, it's a ton different without you know, the contact there, but what I was really impressed by in the Atlanta game was his ability to absorb contact and kind of keep plays alive. Just so many times in the past, the way the run game struggled here was that, you know, Rob Kelly didn't fight for extra yards. I think Adrian Peterson did that, but there just wasn't that consistency. You know, you could maybe argue that Adrian slowed down as the season went on and that would be natural due to his age. So, you know, I'm kind of interested to see two things. One, can he continue to get yards after the contact? And then two, how does guys hold up over the course of a season? Obviously, he got hurt last year, so you can't really tell that. But I just, you know, they kind of need a strong, reliable running back. This is Brian Lawrence, the law factor. I'm here with Matthew Paris. You can follow him on Twitter again, at Matthew Paris, the beat writer for the Washington Times. Huge guest for the law factor. You can say no comment if you want. Haskins or Case? Obviously, Case is a starter. What, who would you have chosen? Uh, I would have chosen Case. I think Dwayne has done a lot of nice things, but he's just not ready. And it's funny because in a lot of situations before this, like when I was kind of a fan or even on the outside looking in, like last year I was like, oh, it makes no sense. Why are they starting Tyrod Taylor? They're, they should be starting Baker Mayfield. But kind of being around this, like, you just watch the throws that Dwayne makes and they're not always on the money. He just struggles with line protections and kind of getting all that. Now he's made great progress over the summer and I think he will be ready at some point this season, but I definitely understand how case won the job. And as camp was progressing, it was, it became pretty obvious that case was going to be the guy. And it was more of a question of whether Colt McCoy would be healthy enough to be factored in, but that was obviously a no. So I, I think Case kind of had this for at least the last couple of weeks, especially. Can you give the Redskins fans any confidence about Case? Um, yeah, I don't know. I was I just did a story on him uh, that's out today, and what you hear about Case is so much that he's never really rattled. That no matter if you know things don't go his way, he's able to stay steady. I, you know. He had an okay season in Denver last year. The, the thing I'm interested to see with how he does here is his decision-making. He had a lot of – he had 15 interceptions last year. I don't remember how many fumbles. So I grew up in Denver, too, before I moved to Illinois. So, like, I – like, my fandom is – was with the Broncos. So I, I still check up on them some to time, time to time. So, like, I watched a lot of Broncos games last year still. And, like, Keenan was fine. He he was average. Like, I think that's kind of what you, you want. If – Putting it in a Redskins perspective, if the defense is going to be really good, like I think it can be, then you just need Keenum to kind of keep the offense afloat. Can he do but that? But wasn't yeah, that the same so. situation in Denver? Yeah, no, uh, for sure. I mean, ended up 6-10, and 10, and I, I don't think this team, you know, maybe they can finish 9-7, and seven or, but I, I don't know. I, there are a lot of question marks on this team, and yeah, he's mm-hmm. definitely one of them. The ball has to bounce the right way. <laughs> um, so, Matt, you know, Enter in the beat. There's obviously a lot of guys been covering the Redskins for a long time. Um, John Kime, obviously. There's others. But I want the fans to get to know you. Sure. 
you know, you said you lived in Alexandria. Um, what are you doing? You know, when it's not Redskin season, when you don't have anything to do, what are you doing on a Saturday night? You go into the movies, you staying home and grilling. Um, are you going out and grabbing a cocktail? Yeah. Uh, what is Matthew Paris doing when, when he has nothing else on the schedule? Yeah, um, either going to the movies, going out to eat. I like going to concerts, but that's more so of a timing thing of whether I can get there. And um, But yeah, just I have enjoyed kind of getting to know like all the restaurants in this area and like, or even in the city, just looking on Eater or Yelp or where to go and a bit of a foodie, but also just, um, I don't know. Yeah, music, food, movies, those are the main three, I guess. Do you like Asian food? I do. Yes. So there's a spot called Little Cerro. Have you heard of it? Oh, uh, yeah. Is that the Filipino place? No. So that so that there, that's another one. Also, like very very high regarded. I'm blanking on the name right now, but it's like that that one is. God, I'm blanking on the name. I should have given. I live in D.C. I'm a yeah. foodie myself. My wife is a food blogger, um, so I'm just blanking on the oh, name. But Little Cerro's is kind of similar. Uh, they, it's like a seven to nine course meal, super spicy. Uh, it's in this cute, thin, like almost row home. And it's just the perfect date spot or even just to like if, if you want to eat eight to nine courses of delicious Asian food, you should check it out. Um, and, and and something. Oh, Bad Saint, I believe, is oh, the yeah, name. Oh, that, yeah, that's the one I was thinking that's, of. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you the link after so that you go okay. check it out. Um, it's awesome. And, and, and Rose's Luxury also, uh, that's an Eastern market, at one point was regarded as the best restaurant in the country. So Rose's Luxury, Little Cerro, try those and get back to me. Um, and then concerts. You're speaking my language. We're going to ride out on this. Have you seen anything in the area? D.C., most people don't know, is an amazing music town. We have venues from the anthem which is brand brand new on the water all the way to dc9 which is like a punk rock dive yeah. bar near u street have you been to any venues uh in the dmv yeah i've been to a couple i've been to black cat which is pretty cool i like that and then um the rock and roll hotel over on h street i think that's pretty that's a cool venue too it's been good i yeah i i live maybe two blocks from rock and roll hotel and um kind of funny it's kind of embarrassing but i saw asher roth there are you an asher roth fan i am not no. <laughs> <laughs> all right well matthew thank you so much uh, for hopping on hopefully you know you had a good time and this is something that you're willing to do here uh whenever you're free and again um you know i'm going to be tweeting at you uh if you answer some of my questions via twitter i'd really appreciate it yeah man appreciate it i'll follow you back <laughs> all right uh guys that was matthew paris make sure again to follow him on twitter at matthew underscore paris beat reporter for the washington times i just do it for my mama making sure to see me straight like a comic boy hero ain't gonna always wear case feet on the ground but my head in the sky hard to stay focused through these tired eyes hate to see boss but don't think i'll survive patience of virtue that they can't define i can't see friends of my shopping at night they do me down Guys, I'm always going to have your back. Always. Not just with sports, not just getting awesome guests to come on my show, but I'm going to give you a little tidbit. Have you heard of Pamplona? It's a sangria tapas bar on Clarendon Boulevard in Arlington. Um, happy hour runs forever from 4 to 8. You got to take your dates there on Tuesday. Take your dates to Pamplona on Tuesday. Half price, half price bottled wine night. Does that mean you just get one bottle? No, you get two. 
Both of you polish off a bottle of wine after a date, and I guarantee it's going to end successfully. Pamplona, Arlington, Clarendon Boulevard, take your date. Boy, aren't there liquor and it's fine, they say. All we got is down and we can't waste all day. And what is it you got up in that rolling tray? Let me find that piece of mine, think it's about time to unwind, yeah, yeah. Let's all give Matthew Paris a round of applause. He came on the law factor, broke down some 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 Redskins offense stuff that we've all been wondering. Again, he thinks Geis is going to carry the load. Uh, he's also, you know, he thinks the the, the Redskins receiver receiving group is going to be kind of stuck to Paul Richardson, Quinn. And Terry McLaurin doesn't think a lot of the other guys are going to get much action. Thinks it's going to be a uh, Geis-heavy run first game, which I got to agree with. Uh, He did confirm that he thinks Adrian Peterson is going to be inactive, which I think is wild. Um, I'm not going to say that I disagree with it. I think Geis is the guy. I think Geis was the guy when we drafted him in the second round last year. Um, but you still have AP, and you kind of paid him to keep him around for two years. To have him inactive for game one seems a little odd, but whether I uh, agree or disagree about a veteran running back playing is irrelevant. You know why? Because I got Joey DeRosa, at J DeRosa. I'm going to spell that out for you, at J-D-E-R-O-S. S-A-12. Follow him on Twitter. He's not only our Tipsy Taco Tuesday writer, uh, but he's going to cover fantasy football for us as well. Joey, say what's up to all of your fans. Hey, everybody. Brian, thank you so much for having me. Very excited. First podcast. Let's go. And, and, and not only is it your first podcast, but it's 1145 on a Thursday night after the Packers-Bears game. You're a Packers fan. Were, were you confident going into this game? So... All I wanted to see from this game, two things. I wanted to see how the re, uh, the rejuvenated defense was be would be with the uh, with the addition with the signings of Adrian Amos, who of course had the big interception at the end off Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky. Don't call him Mitch. Um, and then Zadarius Smith and your boy Preston Smith both wrecked havoc throughout the night. I wanted, and then the second part, I wanted to see how Rodgers and uh, Matt Lafleur and how they instilled the offense. The biggest thing I took away was the Bears' defense is really really good really really good and two the Packers offense still has work to do but going into Chicago first game of the season Thursday night football getting a win even if it's a 10 to 3 kind of a clunker I'm all in I'm here sitting here in my Aaron Rodgers jersey had it since 2009 just living the dream and let's I'm looking forward to it I mean we have we have the NFL seasons kicked off I'm hyped I'm pumped I mean and not only is it kicked off but like a Thursday night matchup of Bears versus Packers, you you really can't ask for much better. I mean, it, it's a great Thursday night game. No, I, I completely agree. Um, people probably wanted to see the Patriots um, and whomever they would play, the Steelers, who they're playing um, on Sunday. But, I mean, Packers, Bears, all the history. It goes all the way back. The bear weather up in Lambeau at the frozen tundra. I know it's not Frozen Tundra now. Um, obviously, they're, they're in Soldier Field, but Frozen Tundra Week 15 will be the same thing, and they'll probably be competing for a division title. So kick it off. Packers getting a big, big, big win. I'm pumped. 
And Meek Mill kicked us off. So, you know, your boy is happy when, <laughs> when Meek Mill I is... I saw that. I knew you'd be hyped. If there's not enough uh, artists from Chicago, they had to reach into Philadelphia to grab an artist. But, Unreal. you know, whatever. You know, I, I got some funny things to bring up. Like, I started Geronimo over Royce Freeman. We'll get to that later. Okay, I, okay. I, I didn't start uh, Valdez Scanting in a, in a league that we shared together. We'll get to that later. But not only are you going to do some tipsy taco Tuesdays, but you're going to do the peak sneak week of the sneak. You're good. You're good. Yeah. So it's called the peak week sneak of the week. I know it's a huge, it's a big tongue twister. It took me you're a bringing while. this to p2wradio.com. That's correct. So I used to write for, a, for a, another website uh, for, D, for DFS and I basically judged it off of the dollars and cents that you're specifically paying for um, each quarterback. So the peak would be kind of a guy who's probably in the top five level of money that you're going to be paying, but I think who's going to be number one of the week based off their matchup, based off of where it is, conditions, and based off of, all, of course, all the other quarterbacks. Well, I, I would do it for quarterbacks specifically, and we'll, I'll probably be doing it for mostly quarterbacks, but there will probably be articles with running backs, um, wide receivers, and tight ends as well. So the peak is basically a top five dollar, dollar value, but the person I think is who's going to finish um, number one for that week. The week is somebody who would be, again, a top five dollar, um, a dollar spender for um, a DF, DFS player. So Jameis Winston. So yes, I don't. Think, I don't think he's top five dollar right now. He could be a sneaky play this week, though. I don't uh, know. I kind of disagree with you. That's why I wanted to throw oh, his name out there. Okay. Okay. So you. Okay. Let's talk about it. So do you do you not believe in Jameis Winston and uh, the, the his their new coach Bruce um, Arians? Do you not believe in that offense? I just think the guy throws too many picks. I think you know he he it's does fair. rack he does rack up the yards, kind of annually getting about four thousand. He can throw, you know, he hasn't reached thirty touchdowns, but he can get close. I just think the guy turns the ball over too much. Does he have the bandwidth to spread the ro- to spread the ball around all of his weapons? We'll find out. I th- I think that's fair. So um, I think this is a big I think a big tell will be. Um, Bruce Arians basically saying Chris Godwin's going to be a hundred catch guy. So Chris Godwin has to take a massive leap. I can't believe we're talking about Buccaneers on eleven fifty one on a Thursday, but here we are. This is fantastic. This is what yeah. you want from your fantasy um, advice people. So I think Chris Godwin's going to ball out. They have Mike Evans, and of course, and now they have OJ Howard, their tight end, who has a whole if he can stay healthy. That's a big if. He could be a monster, top five tight end potential. Not my number one tight end this year is going to be throwing everybody off. I'm big. I'm all in on Evan Ingram. I think he's going to lead the Giants. I know we're all over the place here, but I'm all in on Evan Ingram. I think he's going to lead the Giants in targets. They don't have. They have nothing. So I mean, what Golden Tate four game suspension? Cool. Sterling Shepard. He's a two, maybe a three. No, Evan Ingram. Sterling Shepard. He's not a one. Get out of here. But he. I mean, he's not a one, but he's not a three. I think he's a fringe two. So you can go. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is if who you have to, you're gonna have to double him, or you're gonna have to double Ingram. Maybe that gives Shepard, maybe that uh, frees him up a little bit. Golden Tate's coming back. He's not Correct. just a nothing. Correct. I, I, he's a slot guy. I don't think he's 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 not a two. Well, okay, he, All right, never mind. He's a two. He didn't really elevate the Eagles, which I thought he would. I mean, agreed. They, I thought that was a great trade. Yeah. Didn't work out. So the so the the sneak peak the sneak week peak of the week the sneak <laughs> the peak week sneak of the week the peak sneak <laughs> peak week 
So break it. So we got to about right, half yeah, of that yeah. before we, hey, we started going. This is perfect. This is what this is what this is what we want. So the um, the weak part is somebody who um, who we think would have probably or is is in a bunch of uh, rankings either on you know ESPN, Roto World, any of those um, web pages, any of those rankings that they think all right this guy's gonna be a top five top ten player. I think they're gonna like have a clunker. Uh, so for this for this one, Patrick Mahomes, he's not gonna have a clunker. I'm not saying that, but he's going up against Jacksonville this weekend. That is a tough, tough matchup to start out the season. And two, they played the Jaguars last year. He did not throw a touchdown. So yikes! I I I don't think that'll happen. I think Kelsey's gonna be a monster. I hate Tyreek Hill. I hope, I, and I also don't like Jalen Ramsey. Do you hate Tyreek Hill because he threw his son down the stairs, or yeah, do you hate of, him in fantasy? I, it's, it has nothing to do with fantasy. Throwing okay. your child down the stairs, pass. So <laughs> I'm out. I'm out on you. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah. So I, I also don't like Jalen Ramsey, but I hope Jalen Ramsey just drives this man into the ground forcefully and just. Did you see? Him. J- did you see him show up in like a Brinks truck to show how money he was? Yeah, that's sick, right? <laughs> Tight. He's a cl- he's, I mean, again, he's a he's clown a showboat. Too. He's a showboat. I mean, if you talk about showboats, you want to talk about money. Who? Uh, what did what did uh, AB come in on? Did he come in on a um, at a blimp or a uh, what did, yeah, hot air balloon? Hot, hot air balloon. Tight. His head is filled with hot air. Get this yeah. guy out of here. Too. We'll get to him in a little bit too. But yeah, yeah so. To get back to the uh, peak week, sneak of the week. So basically, the week one, the week, the week part of this is somebody who's going to have a um, who probably has cost a bunch of uh, a bunch of money within DraftKings, probably top five, top ten spenders, and uh, I think lays 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 more or less an egg. So this week would probably is probably Mahomes. I think he can still have a decent week, but I don't think he's going to be top five. And then the sneak is someone who's probably uh, sixteen. So there's thirty two quarterbacks, right? So uh, 16 or lower, who I think can have a top 10, top seven type week. And that, for, I mean, we argued a little bit about Jameis. I think Jameis could be that kind of guy. I don't think he's a, I don't think he's getting paid top 10. He's, you don't have to pay um, top 10 money for him this week. I think he, he could, he could be top 10. And he'll be dropping that tomorrow on P2WRadio.com. Little bit of a, little bit of a preview. So let's get right into it. Bears versus Packers, game one, Thursday night, all the hype, Nagy versus LaFleur, offensive game plans, but we didn't see a ton of offense. We did not. Absolutely not. So I I expected to see more offense, Brian. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, The first uh, three drives for Green Bay, I, I was just staring at the screen dumbfounded about what the hell was going on. They were just doing. They were just like I understand. Lafleur comes from the Shanahan tree and wants to wants to establish the run. But if you have a top five quarterback in the game right now, and you're just going to continuously run with Aaron Jones running into Floyd Mac and everybody else on their on their defense, what like what are you going to do? You have to spread them out a little bit. Of course, Rodgers didn't have a lot of time because the offensive line didn't hold up as well as I think I think everybody else thought. But that's because Mac is an absolute monster. They he have, was. They, yeah, Roquan Smith, he's going to just keep getting better. Leonard Floyd, another monster. Like Their, te- their defense is absolutely stacked. Roquan Smith dropped a pick that seemed he, fairly easy. He did. He did. There were, he there looked was like, like a monster in his first did. game. He was very good. There was a couple I, from, both, but from both sides. I mean, I'm obviously biased. I'm a Packers fan. 
But there was both sides, dropped a couple picks, but the big the big one at the end, which is the one that counted, the ex-Chicago Bears safety coming across. Yep. Mitch Trubisky continuously stares down one receiver. Adrian Amos has stared at him for the past couple years in Chicago. So he obviously saw that, started running to his right. I mean, Trubisky threw out like kind of like a little jump. It looked like kind of a jump ball. That was not what thing. you want to throw no. to end a game. No, I, I was confused by that. And but then the, I thought I was like, all right, Green Bay, run it three times, kill the timeouts, have the have the punter, probably the MVP of the game, um, Scott, come out here and put up a bomb. And then on, they get five yards on first down. Uh, Bears call a timeout. All right, cool. Then Rodgers, I think, changed the play call because he he does this little this little out to MVS, your boy, Scantling, who you didn't yeah. start, which I think is fine. You're fine. Yeah. Um, but, and they, they drop it, so then the, the clock gets stopped. It's like, okay, well, they had three timeouts. If they run it here, they could end the game if they did a pass and got five yards, or if they ran it. They didn't. They ran. So then you're just putting more pressure back on your defense, and luckily, Green Bay's defense, even though they were probably wiped out, they were on the field for a long time. But Both defenses but were. They, yes. It was but, a very boring game. Yeah, 100%, 100%. All things considered. It was crazy being a Redskins fan and watching Preston Smith close it out with a sack. Uh, I don't know if he closed it out with that sack, but it was close to. And it's just, it's funny. You know, you, you, know, you get to watch LaFleur, you know, you, all these ex-Redskins out there kind of making a name for themselves. And Preston Smith's been that guy. You know, we had high expectations uh, for him in dc didn't quite live up went and got paid and in his first game kind of showed out it's hard to hate on but the game you know what i want to ask you joey um neither one of these teams really played their starters in the first in the preseason at all um and and did that have an effect on the product on the field I happen to say yes. I think your starters need to play. Now, am I worried about injury? Also, yes. So I'm not here saying what's right or wrong, but do you think that that had something to do with the 10-3 to 3 score? I think you hit it right on the head. So I think um, at the beginning of seasons, this kind of even goes to baseball. Defense is better than offense. So, like, you need to warm up, right? Like, everybody needs, to, everybody needs reps. Everybody needs to get on the field. Um, I think a big issue for Green Bay – was when they went, I'm not sure if you remember, um, it was on Hard Knocks too because Oakland was playing. Green Bay and Oakland had a, um, had a had an exhibition game preseason week three. Well, technically week four, but pre- week three because the Hall of Fame game, if you want to count that as week one. But anyway. Um, I didn't even watch it. So. <laughs> no, you're good. So um, the Green Bay went up to Oakland, and I believe Rodgers and the starters were going to probably get a couple series and kind of, all right, let's see what LaFleur's offense is with Rodgers, not with Deshaun Kaiser, who's been cut. Um, so, but then they got there. And then picked up by the Raiders. <laughs> and then picked up by the, Jesus, unreal. I don't know how that guy has a job. But anyway, um, they, go up to, they go up to Canada to play this game. And this game's been planned for months and months and months. And the field is not able to be played because in the back of the end zone, um, they they would have the the field goal posts in the middle of the end zone um, for the for the field that they had, uh, but it was at the wrong part of the end zone. So then there was a divot um, in the end zone that they tried to fill up, but then Lafleur didn't think that. I believe it was Lafleur. It could have been Mark Murphy, their president, CEO. Um, but they were like, well, we don't feel comfortable putting out our starters there. 
So they just, Green Bay literally said, none of our starters are playing. So that definitely had an effect, I think, on this offense. It looked like Green Bay, there's a couple drives that they got it going a little bit. And you, I think you can see the potential. But 10-3, to 3, it's a problem. Like, so, yes, you need to play. You're, you need to have reps in preseason. I don't care. You're, there's, there's risk of injury at any single point, any single play within a game. So I, I'm on your side here. I would definitely prefer – I would definitely have preferred to see Rodgers, Devontae, Graham, the rest of the boys out there in the preseason. But they got to win. Let's see what they can do next week or next Sunday against Minnesota. Uh, and and Valdos, Valdos Scanting was definitely involved. Um, he got like an end around or a reverse, whatever you want to call it. He got targeted. Um, I wasn't necessarily too thrilled by the Packers' run game. Where do you kind of see this offense evolving? And And in that, are you a guy that accepts this kind of young offensive flow of shotgun all the time? Or do you kind of want to see your team – line up under center and hand the ball off to establish the run. So any so the, I think uh when Green Bay was dominating probably 2010 2011 when they started 13 and 0 and they they had they were able to establish a run game and they were able to work off this play action play action pass where they could just hit Jordy for these bombs uh Jordy Nelson. So I think if they can establish the run, that opens up the passing game for play-action passes and a little bit down the seam. And we saw that a little bit tonight with Jimmy Graham. There's a huge pass interference. I think it was like a 30- or 40-yard uh, pass interference play. Jimmy Graham's the star of I the could, game. I couldn't I, – I, he looked a little bit like the New Orleans Saints' Jimmy Graham. He bodied a person. He bodied a, bull, he, he bodied a guy. Have you, have you heard he's played basketball before? Never yeah. heard that one before. <laughs> um, but he, he basically – I mean, he boxed him out. He caught the touchdown. It was beautiful. Um, he looked great. But to go back to uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling for you, he had six targets. I mean, you can't hate on that for a, probably a fringe play. Um, he caught four for 52. And then he had that end around. The end around didn't work. They, they got, stuff, it got snuffed out. But it looks like they want him to probably be their number two. Um, Geronimo the, Allison, didn't, he, didn't rec- he didn't have a target. No, I didn't even see him until like the fourth quarter. I was like, what number is this guy? Uh, and then I saw him on like a screenplay or something. I was like, oh, there he is. Cause I started him in another league over Royce Freeman, who I didn't know it's a PPR league. I'm like, all right, let's get a Packers wide receiver out there. Probably going to get a couple targets. Maybe he doesn't have a big impact, but he will probably have like three or four catches. Didn't happen. Super bitter about that. And now I'm kind of just in hate mode because neither one of my, <laughs> neither one of my, my wide receivers produced. Who else did you have? I uh, had both Scantling and Geronimo in separate leagues. Oh, I mean Scantling did he did okay. He I was mean, on my he, he was on my bench in favor oh, of Eckler. Oh, oh, you mean that's a, that's a no brainer. Which I thought was a no brainer, but I was happy to see his usage in the game. You when when you hand the ball off to a wide receiver, you believe in their speed, and oh. and that that's what that showed me. Uh, no, a hundred percent. And if you and that the the big the big catch led, led to the Jimmy Ground the Jimmy Graham touchdown later, um, or in the uh, second quarter was to MVS. So I th- I think he's he's going to be their big play long. He could be their Jordy. Devontae is going to soak up the targets. He had eight tonight, and I mean he led the team. Um, but I I like I really like MVS. Year two player could have a little bit of a breakout. 
And especially in a, for a fan, from a fantasy perspective, he's somebody that should be rostered in every single league. Yeah. And he can be a person that can, you're going to have people, you're going to have uh, players on your buy. You're going to have to have uh, people come in and step in. And I think MVS with specific matchups, he, he can, he can roll with you. So, so this is Joey. You can follow him on Twitter at JD. Actually, you can follow him at JDeRosa12. Throw him a follow. He's tweeting about fantasy. He's tweeting about tacos. And as you can see, later on today is the sneak week peak of the week. Um, but let's just get... Uh, we can't let you go without <laughs> talking about Tipsy Taco Tuesday. Of course not, no. You've, wrote, you've written four articles for us, but that's just the baseline. You are a taco expert. How long have you been celebrating Taco Tuesday? So um, I actually began Taco Tuesday uh, probably from, I wouldn't say a religious standpoint, but probably from like a very dedicated, mostly did it every Tuesday back in 2015. So I lived in um, Charleston, South Carolina uh, with my buddy Zach, and I was getting kind of my my meals that I would eat were kind of just the same thing over and over. And I was talking to my buddy Barry, um, who lives up in Northern Virginia, and he was talking. He he had mentioned like Taco Tuesday, and I was like, oh, that's kind of a good idea. So instead of me just going to Costco and just housing a rotisserie chicken with no vegetables, just literally sitting there eating chicken <laughs> with ranch um, and a glass of water, really fun. Um, I started just kind of like, all right, well, let's see. And I I love to cook as well, so. I kind of was like, all right, well, let's see what I can do here. And I mean, I started off very, and it still is sometimes very basic. You can just get some ground turkey, get a little tacos are pretty basic. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And you, I mean, people who get really, really fancy with them. If you look at my fourth review with a duck taco, <laughs> get out of here putting this red chili jam on here. Supposed uh, to win, it won awards. Come on, Ryan. I was shocked by that photo, but to help. I mean, what, what it looked like shit. Like yeah. I, I looked at it and like even the waitress, she, she the waitress had mentioned she was like the duck taco, the duck tacos won awards but it doesn't really taste like a taco and I was like all right well I gotta get it and then <laughs> I mean I, and I like duck so I was like all right let's try it I mean and goat cheese on that with the with the jam it just didn't it didn't work and then this I mean the shrimp was bomb too but but anyway we want to talk specific articles but. Back to your um, back to your original question. So in 2015, I started cooking just like ground turkey, just regular chicken, and I've I've gotten some some fancy with some ways of fancy with it, but and there will be times where um, I will uh, for the Taco Tuesday I will cook. Um, I've been from waiting my house. for that. It's I think I I'm thinking well I, I think it's probably be I don't want to do it every like tenth one I think. But it's too, football season, so I we're know. all cooking. This is true. This is very true. So maybe. Maybe I'll shoot for like eight or eight or ten because I actually have a couple lined up um, going out. I'm going out um, next uh, next Tuesday. No, I don't know why I'm saying another day. Next Tuesday um, with one of my buddies, and then in two weeks, um, you, myself, and a couple others are going to um, I think El Pueblo, up spot in Burke, Virginia. Up spot in Burke, Virginia. Stand up, stand up, everybody. We're both we're both from Burke, so this yeah. is it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, the taco thing it just it's kind of evolved and. Um, I, I, you and I have talked about this offline um, about LeBron giving kind of, it, he's given more awareness to it, which I'm all in on. But this man's trying to trademark Taco Tuesday. Get just get out of here, dude. Um, it's kind he, of funny. We've we've really started to embrace at least 
you know, publicly on our website, Taco Tuesday, at the right time. Oh, you know, as, as never before has Taco <laughs> Tuesday been so relevant no. than right now. You're, abs- you're I mean, you're absolutely correct. The stars have aligned for us to get Taco Tuesday going. Um, but here's the thing. Here's my problem with LeBron. I mean, I'll just call him out right now. I know he's listening. Um, <laughs> he, two out of the last four weeks, I haven't seen anything from Taco Tuesday from him. I, where are you at, dude? In the past, in the past, uh, Hundred weeks for me. I've missed three. Are you gonna go? Are you gonna go? Uh, what is it? I'm I'm terrible at math. Ninety five out of your next ninety six. I don't think Spoiler, so. Spoiler: He's not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So um, you're trademarking something you can't handle. So I mean, if you want to come talk to a Taco Tuesday guy, I'm I'm right here in Alexandria, Virginia, living the dream. And Joey's not just rating tacos. It's a tipsy Taco <laughs> Tuesday where he's also crushing a beverage from a taco joint. And recently you just had your 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 number one rated uh, alcoholic beverage. Give us a 30-second review on that drink. Oh, man. So if just getting the drink, it looked electric, right? So I have this uh, this margarita comes to me in a glass. It looks like good color. You can see there's some jalapenos in it. So I was like, all right, this thing has some spice. But the big kicker there was the chili salt on the um, on the rim, and I was like, oh my god, this is gonna have such a good kick. So uh, I, I got I had the um, recommendation from my buddy Woody, who lives in Sarasota. I was like, all right, I gotta try this, the hot Carlos. So I took a sip, and basically what happened was the chili immediately lit your lips on fire, which I, the chili salt. And I was like, all right, this is great. And then it was perfectly cooled down in the back in the back of the uh, the mouth with the actual margarita, which it was. It had a heavy amount of tequila, but it wasn't overpowering to the point where you just want to start puking everywhere. You know that kind of tequila shot. I so do. That, yeah, <laughs> probably together. Um, <laughs> and then uh, and you had the and then you also had the the soothness, but a little kick from the jalapeno that was also in the drink. So it was it was refreshing but hot at the same time. And it, it, I like a little spice with my drink. Um, I think I, I believe I mentioned that previously about a, a gin drink in Charleston, but this one, oh my goodness, I it was just immediately I was like I need to drink like five of these, and because it left you wanting more. Because it, when you have a spicy drink, it's like, do I want to chase it with a water or do I want to step up and be a real man and and, <laughs> and have a beer of some sort? Exactly. Uh, exactly. Um, oh, that was good. So uh, again, th- this is Joey DeRosa. He writes our Tipsy Taco Tuesday articles. You can also follow him on Twitter at JDeRosa12. He'll be writing about fantasy football. One day he's going to have a header photo on his Twitter. Don't judge him yet. He's just breaking into the scene. Joey, do you have any last bit of words that you want to leave for the lasting listeners? Yeah, I mean... I'm look. I'm really looking forward to working with PT Dubs. I'm very excited. Uh, my header photo. I'm happy you brought that up. I'm just waiting for you, myself, and Awad to get together, have some tacos, and then maybe that's my photo. I mean, who knows? You heard that the one sports nerd, Awad, our god. Uh, this has been play to win. Brian Lawrence on the Law Factor. Joey, thanks so much for coming on. Hey, Brian, thanks for having me. Looking forward to hearing the rest of uh, your your brilliance. Thanks. Guys, we're out. It's play to win. It's play to win.